0: That's right, when you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. Also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, a ton more. And in fact, we're proud to be voted number two caregiver podcast of the top 50 on FM. And number two on Feedspot, that of the top 60, and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. I'm excited. What's the one thing that you can do for free that can help restore peace for you and those you care for? Well, our guest, David Combs is a songwriter, entrepreneur, and successful business executive. For the past four decades, he has written over 120 songs and created 15 albums of soothing, relaxing, instrumental piano music, including the popular standard Rachel's song. His music has been played millions of times on radio, satellite, and all internet streaming media. And now, today, on Caregiver Dave, he's the author of the best-selling book, Touched by the Music. The book is about an inspired, and some say anointed, and I say anointed as well, song, Uh, The Man Who Wrote It peaceful music business that grew from it and millions of people whose lives continue to be touched by Dave's peaceful music and his uplifting stories. I've listened to a song, Rachel's song, and I must say that I too was overwhelmed by a spirit of peace that came over me just by listening to it. I mean, I, it doesn't make sense. It's just piano music, but it's special. And we'll play it for you later in the show. But before we get started, I do want to thank last week's guest, which is Elaine Kennelly, Mom, Lost Her 18-Year-Old Son, Matthew, to Suicide, and it's a great show on suicide and the grief process. Just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks I mentioned earlier. David, welcome to The Caregiver Show. We're so excited to have you on.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's glad to be, I'm so glad to be here. This is really exciting.
0: <laughs> exciting for me, too. So I do like to ask my guests, just who is David Combs and why was he placed on this earth?
1: Well, I am just a country boy from the mountains of East Tennessee, (laughs) uh, born just a few years ago. And uh, I was blessed to be born with a family and a part of the country that just loves music. So I think I have music in my bones, so to speak and uh, i grew up basically around music and i started my career in com- computer programming and information technology and was did that for like 22 and a half years and you're often asked you know what what are your gifts and how when does god give you a gift and mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm always puzzled when they say gift in singular because god does give gifts in a plural sense as well and also his gifts are not always delivered On our timetable, they're delivered on his timetable. And uh, the best example I can give is that I was 34 years old before I actually wrote the song that now is called Rachel's Song. So I'm just a, a person that I think was given a gift, the first gift at least, of Rachel's Song. And now my responsibility is, my purpose, is to make sure that that gift is spread around the world to all those people who need to hear it. And so that's at least my my gift for the moment. And then, of course, last year I was given the gift of writing a book. And that book was also, I think, intended to help further spread the word and the music around the world as well.
0: Additional media medium. So uh, I understand that you you were just playing the piano one day and your wife happened to compliment you on it. and, (laughs) And, uh, she was overwhelmed by it, uh, as far as many other people, and she encouraged you to to write it down and to record it and all of that stuff, right? And the rest of, it, as they say, is history.
1: Yes, that's exactly right.
0: I know people are are not going to believe us when they say that that a song is anointed and and it just uh, overwhelms us and and reduces the stress and gives us a spirit of peace. So we're going to let them um, decide for themselves and let them hear. Uh, about three or four minutes of a song before we get into the interview, because I think I think we need to catch their attention, don't you?
1: I, I think that would be a good idea.
0: So uh, okay. I'm going to share my screen of the YouTube, and you're going to share your screen of the audio. Let me know when you're going to start, and we'll hit it at the same time.
1: All right, give me a countdown.
0: Three, two, one. Was almost falling asleep there
1: <laughs> well i I really truly hope that there's a lot of people whose ears will have heard that for the first time and really be blessed by it I, as you could tell from the the notes you read on the screen, those are just a small sampling of over fifty thousand that I have received Dave over the years fifty thousand and wow,
0: uh, so all those people can't be wrong, can they <laughs> I hope not <laughs> right. I just—it just is mind-boggling. It's got to be a miracle uh, that a song can can do that to a person, because you know there's a lot of instrumental songs out there. I mean, Emmy-winning songs, but they don't seem to have the same effect that this one does. What's right. your what's your logical uh, explanation of it? You know.
1: Well, you know, I'm I, first of all, I am a scientist. I'm a math major, physics minor, and I'm very analytical normally. Okay. And it's a. I guess it's a miracle that I got off my analytical side and got into the creative side and actually wrote a song. But anyway, I've thought about that so many times, and I've asked a lot of people, and I've I've, I've never gotten a real thorough answer on it. But I think that it has to do with the 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 fact that music reaches into a certain part of your brain and your body that is that no other uh, sense one of your senses reaches and it can e- e- elicit emotions it can bring about a certain uh, calmness a peace a uh, it can it can guide your thoughts into a direction that that maybe it needs to go so i think there's a it's a complex answer i think to how does a piece of music with no words touch so deeply into the soul of so many people and uh, only god knows i guess
0: well, you know, the Bible has great poetry like the Book of Psalms, which for generations has been a source of comfort. And those are songs also that King David had, had written. And we don't have the blessing of having the melody, but we have the words. And those words, I would say, are anointed, wouldn't you?
1: I would indeed. And I've. You know, it's funny you say that. I've often thought I would. I would love to have known what those melodies were that King David. Sang and played as he played his harp and 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 basically sung these psalms that we we love so dearly.
0: Well, here's a crazy idea for you, David. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should try to go through the Book of Psalms and ask God to give you which of your songs go with which of these psalms. (laughs) And wouldn't it be a miracle if? If the melody and the words just matched up on certain songs, that would be a great project for you to have. And you heard wow, it I've... first here on Caregiver Day <laughs> radio show.
1: You're right about that. Nobody has ever come up with that one, Dave. That's great.
0: <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be like God to give a guy like you, just a, just a normal, everyday, average Joe, uh, the melodies, the missing melodies of the book of Psalms. How many songs have you got now?
1: I've written 120, I've recorded 170, but uh, a lot of those I didn't write, but uh, I've written oh, over 120.
0: You know, there's 150 Psalms, right?
1: I got 30 no, to go. On. We're <laughs> right
0: in the ballpark.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> Why don't you work on that? And let me know how that works out for you.
1: Okay, that's a great idea, Dave.
0: So tell us about your faith. You must be a man of faith.
1: Yes, I grew up in a, a, fam- a family that loved uh, loved the Lord and uh, went to church, and my my. Grandparents the same. My great grandfather, McConnell, was a preacher. So it, there are, there's some ministerial blood in there someplace, but uh, I'm of, I just, a, I love the, uh, the the music. I love the messages that my faith is, is, is what gets me through a lot of tough times. And, right. and, and I just grew around a, a group of people that had that, that strong faith and uh, gave me the example to live by.
0: Well, you're in a good music town, Nashville. I I own property out there. I have family and relatives and friends out there. I love Nashville. If it wasn't for my wife, I'd live there because she loves Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe one day. um, Have you uh, had the opportunity to share this with some uh, Nashville people and uh, maybe, you know, make it to the Grand Ole Opry or, or? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I've been to the Grand Ole Opry and sat backstage and met some of the good old greats that are, some of them are no longer with us. But Gary Prim is the artist that I use uh, and he and I have done, he's the original performer of Rachel's song and we've done all 15 albums together. And, uh, you know, his, his reputation in Nashville is just of a unbelievably talented session musician. He, the music that comes through him and all these arrangements I wrote the song uh-huh. And Gary did created the arrangements and played wow. them, so it was a partnership between me and Gary, and uh, just that partnership has lasted from 1986 when I first met Gary, and uh, he's just a, a dear, dear friend of of mine, and and forever will be, and just a, a wonderful person, wonderful musician.
0: You happen to know a man by the name of uh, Steven Seiler, musician, uh, songwriter out there in Nashville.
1: No, I don't. I've never met Stephen.
0: I'm going to try to hook you two up because he has written our theme song, uh, Keep On Breathing. And he has this ministry of uh, uh, ministering to caregivers through song and lyrics. And I mean, you're in the same town. I don't know, but maybe uh, something will happen from that. Uh, I will introduce you to. And uh, he knows a lot of people. And if if you're meant to be, doing something in Nashville like that, then, uh, you know, the ball will be in God's court.
1: Well, actually I don't live in Nashville. I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Now oh, I was really? born, I was born in East Tennessee in Irwin, Tennessee. That's just I across the, the mountain from Asheville, North Carolina. It's on the sure, sure. far Eastern side, but uh, i love.
0: Nashville to- without an N. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. But I okay. love I do love Nashville and the, and all the musicians and people in the music industry there that have that have helped me over the years have been wonderful.
0: I'm going to forward this show on to my contact in Nashville, and uh, she was in the music business for many, many years, and we'll see what happens, if anything. Okay,
1: that, I appreciate that. That'd be great.
0: So um, when did you first record Rachel's song?
1: It was in 1986. I guess that's what, uh, 35 years ago. That was the day that I... Basically, uh, it was in August of 1986 that I hooked up with Gary Prim and told him I had a song that I would like for him to record a demo for me. He immediately agreed that he'd be glad to do that. We met at a studio, a little tiny studio, a couple of weeks later, and he brought in his Yamaha DX7 synthesizer and sat down at the little baby grand uh, Yamaha piano Uh there in the studio, and and he began to play my song. And this is the first time I'd ever had anybody play my song except me. And so I'm standing, I'm sitting or standing in the control room with the engineer listening to Gary perform my song for the first time in his arrangement of it. And, and how I, different
0: was the arrangement from what you did?
1: Well, it was, it's the same melody and so forth, same chord structure, but the, his embellishments, it his, up, his, oh, it, it's, it's uh well, you, you as you heard it, it's very uh, lyrical yeah. and very full. And yeah. not only did he play the piano, he added, as you could hear in the recording, a electric piano, strings, some horns. And uh, it was just it basically filled it out with like, it sounded like it was playing with an orchestra. And I
0: uh-huh. I, was,
1: I was blown away. I I walked out of, the, I don't know, if I, I must have floated out of the studio because I was just on cloud nine. And it was just an unbelievable revelation to me that here i walked in with a piece of paper with some notes on it. And I walked out with the exact recording. The recording you just heard is that original demo recording okay. unchanged. Nothing's changed. That's the original thing I heard in that studio in August of 1986.
0: He must be a very uh, anointed um, composer as well.
1: He is. He's written several songs in his own right, and he is just a very gifted uh, musician. He is dearly loved by the the musician community in Nashville, Tennessee, just uh, from the stars on down to the studio musicians. They all love Gary.
0: Awesome. So what do you hope this book and the song will do?
1: Well, you know, uh, in the book on in the very it's called the epilogue in the book, it tells what I did last year with my music. I was sitting at home like everybody else in a kind of a sequestered situation wondering out know, when are they going to unlock the doors and let us yeah. go anywhere and so I and you may recall the days that the news media were talking about the plight of the the folks that were in nursing homes and assisted living facilities they were basically right. in lockdown and here you have then caregivers which this show is all about they were basically locked out. They couldn't go and give care to that loved one that was in the nursing home. or in They wouldn't let them in the facility. And so can you imagine, and I, I could imagine because I spent two and a half years with my mother in an assisted living facility, and I know how much my daily visits to her meant. Well, you take that away, and all of a sudden, the stress level has just got to go all the way through the roof, and I couldn't imagine it. And so I knew from the thousands of letters and notes that I'd gotten that my music had an effect of giving people peace and calm and relaxation. And so I said, well, I need to find a way at least to get my music into the the rooms and the facilities where these people are going through this stressful situation. And so I created YouTube music videos like similar to the one that we just watched and heard Mm -hmm. and I created one song length versions of them i take one song and my photography and and create one but i knew also that the the caregiving help in the facility needed to have something they could just push play and then they could walk away and not have to mess with it so i created youtube videos that will play for six to seven hours you just oh start gosh, it. that's
0: perfect <laughs> so you
1: just, you just start it and let it keep on playing and that way they don't have to keep up with it and they'll play all day long and so I did that, and and tested. this is
0: free music, huh?
1: It's free to them. I, it's, they well, how do you access.
0: make a living doing this, or do you have another income that you can rely on?
1: Well, fortunately, I had. Uh, this was after uh, you know forty years of in the music business of selling CDs and tapes and so forth. And as you now know, music is pretty much in the digital realm, to almost totally now, anyway, with this, some exceptions of still selling a few CDs and now. Sure. Vinyl records seem to be making a small comeback, but by and large, it's all digital. And so the streaming and download business is where the the income is really coming from. But in in my case, I didn't care whether I made a nickel off of these videos. I wanted to get them to those people to help them. And I found a way to get those videos, at least the links to those videos, to all 44 or 45,000 nursing homes and assisted living facilities in the entire country.
0: Good for you. What a blessing that is. And God is certainly blessing you as a result. Um, so tell me about your caregiving experience. Have you ever um, been touched by caregiving?
1: Absolutely. Basically, in two aspects of our life, my, my wife, Linda, uh, her mother had Alzheimer's, and her Alzheimer's disease was a 24-year-long ordeal. It started at like age uh, 51 and she passed away at age 75. So Linda and I saw up close and personal all that progression of Alzheimer's disease all the way up to the very end and all the caregiving aspects of it and how much that is so needed, whether it's to her and as in the latter parts of Alzheimer's, it's not the patient that is the one that's suffering, it's the family because Linda's caregiving of her father who was still living, uh, and uh, and all of us that were having to deal with it. So that, from my wife's standpoint, was our first experience with really firsthand caregiving. And then in that in uh, 2014, my mother needed to go into an assisted living facility for health reasons, and I was fortunate enough to get her in a facility close to where we live. Mm-hmm. And I went go out to visit my mom every day to up till the day she passed away. So. I was able to see up close and personal how much my visits and, and all of the caregiving that took place in the facility from the activities directors, the nursing facility, uh, all of those people that care for the people in the facility. So I, I firsthand had an appreciation yeah, of what it, they yeah. went through. And that was when I realized that I knew those activities directors needed a tool to To use to help calm their patients and their residents down, and that's when I created these videos I talked about a while ago.
0: Wow, that's an amazing story. What do you hope to accomplish with the book?
1: Well, the main thing I think is that it's it's just another uh, vehicle to get the word spread about the 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 effect of my music. Um, when you go on people that go on amazon.com or bookstores or whatever and they're looking for books about inspi- inspirational books about music or whatever hopefully they'll find my book and I, i'm almost certain that if they read any of this book they will go and listen to rachel's Stone. i mean I, I can't imagine somebody not doing that and if they do then they're going to be blessed and so my my real motivation for writing the book was to tell my stories but also to motivate people to go and find this m- wonderful God-given music that I know will bless their lives.
0: Tell a story of what you did with your music and photography in 2020 for all the caregivers in the U.S. Is that what's on your um, YouTube page?
1: That, that's the last chapter the epilogue in the book. And how did you
0: come up with all those pictures and the quotes? Was that, was that difficult to do? It, well, it looks like it just yeah. was made to be there
1: well the 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 photographs i'm also a photographer and i love taking pictures of landscapes and flowers and all that kind of thing I have all my life so i have thousands and thousands of wonderful beautiful photographs and then the 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 source of the quotes were those 50,000 notes and letters that i had received over the the past 40 years And uh, my wife and I, during the pandemic, we said, well, let's get all these boxes of these things out and and set set them up on the pool table. And so we can see what they all look like. Well, wouldn't you know that it completely covered my pool table? You couldn't even tell there was a table there. It was about maybe two or three feet thick all over the pool table. Well, that's what 50,000 letters and notes looks like. And I reread a lot of those and uh, special ones. I actually put in scrapbooks. And if you want to be inspired, uh, just go back. If you don't read anything else in my book, read chapter 21. And that's uh, the chapter that has a bunch of those quotes and notes in there from the, the people who have written to me. And I reread those periodically. I read, read through them today just to refresh my inspiration and say, you know, well, yes, Lord, I understand. That's what I'm supposed to be doing because these people that don't even know me heard the music and told me how deeply They were blessed by the music and
0: that's amazing. What is the most amazing, outstanding, awesome testimony that someone has ever given you that that you is just unbelievable? Fifty thousand. Can you come up with one?
1: (laughs) Well, there's there's one of, of, and I tell this in the, the story is in the book. It's about a young couple who were. uh, in the hospital to have their first child and they go into the hospital with the expectation of coming home with a brand, you know, beautiful baby and so forth. And unfortunately, during this episode, the child didn't make it. And so on their way home from the hospital after losing their little baby girl who they had already named Rachel and they were on their way home so sad you know i'm sure they were in tears
0: anyway this is a different rachel right
1: yes this is a different rachel there are lots of little rachels
0: <laughs> <laughs> they and, named they named their child rachel because of your song
1: no they didn't even know anything about my song oh oh this was their just their little girl named rachel <laughs> and so on the way home on the radio comes this instrumental song that they'd never heard before and it they looked at each other and said that song sounds like our little Rachel telling us that everything is going to be okay i'm at peace and so forth and they they just they just started tearing up and when the song finished the dj on the radio said you've been listening to the music of Rachel's song
0: <clears throat>
1: well <laughs> it's just they had to, almost had to stop the car they were crying so hard and and they uh, they finally tracked down my song from the radio station, got a copy of it. And then uh, it was 25 years later, I get an email from them telling me the story. I did not know this story at the beginning. uh, They wrote me a long email about telling the story and how much that song, every time they play it, still brings back a connection between them and their little Rachel that they lost 25 years ago. And uh, that's... That's just one of those really, as my wife said, when those letters can notes come in, there's a Kleenex attached to it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, as you're talking, I'm just I'm going through a psalm in my mind. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will walk, mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And those words, I think, would, would work with the, the opening lines of the opening melody of Rachel's song. Uh, I'm, I'm really serious. You need to look into this because wouldn't, wow. I mean, you've told me some amazing stories that are just unbelievable where obviously it had the hand of God on it. Uh, uh, this is not out of line. This is not out of the ordinary that God would use a guy like you, you know, elderly uh, towards the end of life. And, and you, bear the secret to the melodies of, of the psalms there, there's got to be an explanation why these why these songs why this music profoundly touches someone and and certainly if, if these were the missing melodies of psalms um, we would expect it to affect us in such a way wouldn't we
1: absolutely that's right
0: I know you're a very humble man and um, you probably don't feel worthy that uh, if anything like that should ever happen but you know just Swallow your pride and, and go in that direction. And then come and talk to me a year later and let me know if anything came from it. Well, I, I, I just feel I, I feel it so strongly in my spirit that you need to investigate.
1: Well, I, I really as
0: if you had nothing else better to do, of course, Gordon, you're so uh, you're not busy enough.
1: Right. Well, I, I sincerely thank you for that. I had never that had never occurred to me to even look into that. And there you go. You know, when be, be careful what you ask for in your prayers, sometimes you, you may get it right. And so I'll pray about that and then we'll see what happens.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you were a joy and I've never had a guest like you on before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thank uh, you. I think. <laughs> so I just want to uh, uh, thank everybody who tunes in week after week. We appreciate you uh, listening to the caregiver Dave radio show. And just a reminder, This show and all our shows are on our podcast, um, caregiverdave.com, our 26 uh, global and audio platforms. And just a reminder, a free membership support group uh, with just caregiverdave.com has lots of tools and resources, free gifts. Uh, Please click the like button below if you're listening to this on YouTube or any other platform. And just let Google know that uh, this is an important show and, and the analytics will get it out to more people. So to all my listeners, thank you again for tuning in each and every week. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God bless you richly. Bye-bye. And thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver has just released his sixth book entitled. It's my life Too: thrive to stay alive as a caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask, they know that those who don't heed their advice often black out. ...thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's My Life too. Thrive and Stay Alive as a Caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life... ...and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver. On sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels...